Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, hello and welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gab fest. We're in a multiracial mix of queer writers gathered around the table to talk about sex. <gasps> Identity. <Ew>. Culture. <laughs> oh, what we like to read and who we like to read. Food for thought. Are we the drama? I think we're the drama. <laughs> I th- you know we I are. think you I think you are. two are the drama, and I am an angel. Oh, come please. on. Please, please. Angel please. in a white claw. Facts are facts. <laughs> I'm Teebs is making fun because I have finally um, joined the club of homo hoes who drink white claw. We are recording right now, and I'm literally drinking a ruby grapefruit white claw, and it's not half bad. That's growth. Uh, this week, Joe is on vacation in <laughs> Portugal. So our fourth chair this week is my friend and the co-host of our podcast, Screen Queen, uh, Drea Washington. Say hi to the girlies, Drea. Ow, ow. Hi. Um, I am Tommy Teebs Pico, indigenous American poet, screenwriter, TV writer, and I came up with this a long time ago. I don't know if anybody has uh, gotten it now, but my drag name is Vaseline Dion. Vaseline Dion is really good. Um, Hi, my name is Fran. Um, I'm a writer. I'm an editor. And uh, I guess my drag name is Urethra Franklin. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, just kidding. That's disrespectful. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay, what about, what about, okay, in a close second, what about Virginia Slim? That one's kind of I cheap. prefer, okay. Virginia Slim seems much That's more cute. your style, to be honest. <laughs> well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider Urethra Franklin my style. I would consider it a punchline. True, I mean, but also all those but. UTIs you be getting, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Oh, so many UTIs, mm-hmm. no. Um, well, I guess I'll give y'all mine, but I haven't even given it another thought since college. I'm Dan Michelle Norris. I'm a reader, writer, and a former figure skater, and my drag name is Samora Cummings. And I did a lot of coming this week on Fire Island. Oh. So, mm. oh. my mouth has dropped. That's actually a, a stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's perfect. I um, the student activities coordinator at Haverford College gave me that drag name um, when I was a junior, and I hosted a drag event with a bunch of drag queens, and it was like the best thing ever. Hi, so I'm Drea Washington. I'm a podcaster, graphic designer. And I'm supposed to give my drag name, or I can you just can kind do of tell anything, anything you want. Anything. Okay. Yeah. I'm just mm-hmm. a bad bitch auntie. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's it. That's what we need. <laughs> this week on Food for Thought, we will be talking about, if you haven't guessed it already, 
drag. I uh, uh, Drew Paul's Drag Race, Drag Race outside of it, but you know, I'm 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 a little bit new to the shit, and I am into it. Um, the we've got a penny for your thought, our uh, advice segment where you absolutely should not ask us questions, and you should not heed our answers. And we end the day with a sweet petite little treat. Woo-hoo-hoo! Yes. RuPaul's Drag Race made the best woman, best woman win. <laughs> they changed it to drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> they really did. Honestly, I'm thinking like something else that just popped in my head was, come on, monkeypox, let's get sickening. Bring back my vaccine. (laughs) Yeah, Joe isn't here, so I had to, you know, uh, offer at least one thing about monkeypox while he was gone. Cha-ching! Get out your coin purses, bitches. It's time for Penny for Your Thoughts. Yes, our uh, advice segment. I'm so sorry that we have to answer these questions, but this infotainment simply must go on. Uh, What's our penny this week? Hi, Thoughts. I'm a queer divorcee, and dating since I left my ex-wife has been a journey. Not only is it weird being a queer divorcee, but I've also struggled with trauma and setting healthy boundaries and advocating for my own needs within relationships. I recently started seeing someone who is in a very chaotic and overwhelming chapter of their life, and a lot of our relationship centers around their schedule. I'm working on voicing my needs and boundaries, but I'm worried that the situation will turn out like others where I forego my needs and put them first. I really like this person, but I'm scared I'll fall back into old patterns. I'm working on all of this with my therapist, but how have y'all approached changing patterns in relationships? Because this shit is hard. Woo! Oof. Well, first of all, the only reason I support gay marriage is to be a gay divorcee at some point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> gay divorcee representation is so important. It's needed. Um, That's the look. I've, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be like too blunt, but I feel like this person's already fallen into the pattern. You know, like yeah. it, it sounds like this was out of the frying pan and into the fryer and... Um, is that even the expression? I don't even know. I, it absolutely is. Does that even mean? Into the, fu- into the fire, I believe. Into the fire. That was it. I was thinking like an air fryer. You know what I mean? Yes, you were. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but air fryer too. Look, I, I, I love an air fryer. Um, I feel like um, they're really, if, if I'm getting divorced, which I will one day, um, I, my next relationship will not be a serious one. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you can still have emotional intimacy. You can still have a caring, loving partner. But, like, the stakes need to be low. And if you, and you also need to prioritize yourself because you have been in partnership with someone for so long. Like, I think that th- this person has made something of a wrong move to jump into a new relationship wherein she is playing second fiddle or, or they are playing second fiddle. Um, yeah, I don't know. What do y'all think? I think that it sounds, I mean, they led off saying this is a chaotic situation. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, why would you submit yourself to that once again, knowing that that's a part of your pattern? And I think the larger question that this person asked was if you've identified, I guess, a toxic uh, attraction style, like, have you been able to change it? And I started thinking about I, but I started thinking about this a few years ago because anytime I had a like a like a physical crush on somebody, uh, it, it was it was always with 
I don't know, like whether or not they were attractive, that, that feeling of like, <gasps> it was, I would never pick the right person. And so I tried doing something different, which was not necessarily going for the person who made me go, <gasps> and just kind of like tried to get to know people who I was attracted to, but I didn't, I didn't fall head over heels for, um, because I was noticing like there was a, a pattern of bad decisions, mm-hmm. you know? We don't, we, we don't, um, Stan, anyone having to play second fiddle here on Food for Thought. And so this is, here's my advice. I was thinking this too, as we were listening to the to the question, especially as Fran was talking, but like, girl, you have to choose you. You have to choose you. And whatever that means, it doesn't mean that you have to always choose only you and that you can never be in a relationship. But if you have not spent enough time outside of that marriage that you were in, in order to develop new habits, in order to refine and rethink your attractions and your behaviors in relationships, then it's probably not in your best interest to be moving forward with a relationship, especially um, if it's with someone who perpetuates a lot of the harmful patterns that you're trying to um, extricate yourself from. And so to me, what that means is that there's a larger question or issue here around perhaps your interest or ability to really spend time being sort of by yourself and enjoying your company and embracing the idea that at this moment, a relationship might not be, any relationship perhaps might not be the right thing for you to be doing as you're doing um, needed work on yourself. You've identified that this work needs to happen. You're working with a therapist. So I hate to say it, but it's sort of like when people are completing like like AA or rehab from drugs, it's like they're they're supposed to not be in relationships for a year while they're doing that because they're focusing on themselves. And I think that very often there are so many other patterns in our lives um, that we struggle to break that we really have to put like the majority of our attention into ourselves and into breaking those patterns so that then um, when we're ready to enter into relationships again, there is growth and we are able to choose partners that are healthy and affirming and good for us and relationship dynamics. We're able to embrace relationship dynamics that are healthy and important and good for us, where we're able to speak up when we need to speak up, where we're able to set boundaries when we need to set boundaries. But that work is hard to do. And a lot of the time it really starts, um, very solo. And I know this is a different situation, but the last thing I want to say is like, even fucking Rose shows herself over Jack and Titanic. And that's why that movie ended the way it did. So you can do it too. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> do you think this, I think this person has an, expressed a desire to be interrogative and to work on themselves, but they have chosen a partner that puts their needs secondary. And I feel like that, that to me, that means they don't actually want to do the work, you know, like, cause if you, cause that's the thing about, um, like what Drea said about falling into old habits and old patterns, you've chosen somebody who's putting you in the backseat while you're saying you want to be in the driver's seat. And it just, that's just, that's a discrepancy to me. I agree with that. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of people do Mm -hmm. that often. I, I myself have been that person who's chosen like the polar opposite of what I I knew I needed in my life. And, you know, it's a very conflicting thing to do. It's like you're trying to prove something. You're, it's like, and you, say, you don't, I'm, I'm not a person who believes you can change people, but it's like you're trying to prove something to yourself almost. Like if I can get this person to just, you know, be more thoughtful of me. And, but if that person, that person just might be stuck in their ways. And that is that. And, you know, it's nothing, about, it has nothing to do with you. 
you enter the situation that was already set in stone. Drea, so. something that you said that's so smart that I just want to follow up on really quickly when you were like, I don't believe that we can change people. And I agree with that too. And like so often, so many relationships are based on us thinking even sort of implicitly or quietly that we can change someone into being what or who we want or need. But I totally agree with you. Like we can't change other people, but we can with work change ourselves. But I think part of why that's so important that you said that is because the like it it is it feels impossible to me in my mind to change other people so we have to understand that sometimes it's almost that difficult to change ourselves which is why it's so easy to fall back into bad behaviors and dangerous patterns and why we all do it Dre you said you do it I do it all the time um it's like constant work and it's a moving target but it's difficult to do this work and that's why in my mind like I advocate like you have to go it alone for a while to do to get a lot of this work done. Well said. Well, let us know how that situation works out. <laughs> <laughs> mm, it's time we got to the meat of our discussion, the thought process spelled T-H-O-T. And T-H-O-T. that's right. The meat this week is being slung by me. So I have to say, I haven't always been... Uh, up on RuPaul's Drag Race. But much like WandaVision, which I loved it so much, I became a Marvel girl and I had to like watch every Marvel thing. And yeah, uh, I love RuPaul's Drag Race season, uh, All Stars 7, All Winners so much that I just have been watching all the episodes, all the past episodes. I'm up on all the YouTube tea. I know who hates who, who checked who, who's got shark teeth. You know what I mean? Like, I know (laughs) it all now. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love this show. I love this show because it's a celebration of their craft and their hard work. They're given challenges and we watch them succeed. Whereas I feel like in other iterations of not just Drag Race, but um, competitive reality shows, we see mostly a bunch of mediocre people, a couple of like really good ones, but they're given challenges and then we watch them fail, you know, and we watch them get critiqued and we watch them serve, you know, cold eggs or whatever. And we watch them fall on the runway or, you know, we watch them fuck up a garment or we watch them, you know, like uh, undermine themselves and get in their own heads and stuff like that. And this show is not that it is like so good natured and there it's all about like their their sisterhood their fellowship they're supporting each other i think you know trinity coming and making everybody's clothes like that like uh vivian helping evie with her makeup i feel like these people all understand in a good natured competition if you want to be the best you compete against the best and they're there to support each other and make each other the best Mm. that's my read so i'm curious what is y'all's relationship with drag race this phenomenon that has become you know a staple of what people, I guess, are calling our, you know, queer Super Bowl or whatever. Like, what is your relationship to it? I've been watching it since the <laughs> the uh, the Vaseline season. So season one. Oh, my they, they God. Smeared it <laughs> so I've been, since the B.B. Zahara season, I've been all about this. Wow. Um, the only queens I'm not familiar with in the season are the Vivian and Jada. But they are proving themselves, you know, to be amongst these these other upper echelon queens. Um, it's it's a trip to watch Raja because who was like the villain of her season um, to see where how who the person she's become. And she is a totally fully realized person. And I actually very much appreciate her and her talents and her skills because her skill sets are really pretty magnificent. My favorite queen of all time is Jinx Monsoon. Like, I just love Jinx so much. Um, and just to watch 
watching every single one of them get an opportunity to shine is such a positive thing. It's such a switch for like what most of reality television is trying to do, which is basically just pull people down. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm just really proud of how this season has rolled out. I'm really proud of how the queens are supporting each other, whether it be strategy or not. I mean, it reads as real to me. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I will what say... You... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I will say, um, I mean, the, the Vivian and Jada are amazing queens, and I love them, but you are, like, those seasons are not worth watching. And I want those hours of my life back. So you, you're <laughs> very you, you're very wise to not watch those seasons. Um, I love Jinx so much. I agree. She is one of the greatest drag performers of all time. I think in the all Winter season, she has created what is maybe the best snatch game in history next to Alaska's May um, West, which Mm. I think is also up there in Drag Race history. Um, I just like love her so much on and off screen. I think that she is also like in the confessionals, like, well, fucking hilarious, but so singular, so bizarre, so irreplicable, and also just, like, kind of, like, maybe the most non-binary person I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, <laughs> she's just so wackadoodle. Um, and I love the way she talks about, off-screen, I love the way she talks about how drag informed her gender and how drag enabled her to um, stop dressing up, so to speak. Um, meaning dressing up as a a man um, Mm -hmm. and to start being who she wanted to be and that drag gave her permission to do that. And I feel like a lot of queens have that kind of coming of gender experience, but I mean, she's just so, so incredible about talking about it. I loved, I mean, that Snatch Game performance. First of all, as soon as RuPaul said, Judy Garland, it's good to see you. She's like, it's good to be anywhere. I've, I've been dead for several years. I was like, this is about to be, this is about to be fucking amazing. And it just got better and better and better. And then when she sang that song at the end, every, nobody could keep, everyone was breaking. Nobody could keep it together. Like, it was just so good. And I also really liked her Natasha Leone, I have to say. Like, it was great. Oh, wonderful. It was a yeah. really good Snatch Game, too. They, um, um, they, uh, Raja got a raw deal. Like, her dying and uh, Diana Vreeland and um, I forget the other character she did, but she was fucking uh, fantastic. Madam. Oh, Madam yeah. something. Which was so yeah. good. So weird. Yeah. I, the makeup was on point. The character was fully realized. I didn't, I don't understand why she didn't make it to the top. But. I, I agree. I think she should have been top for that episode. I think it maybe her Diana didn't get enough punchlines in, but like, I agree. I think she was just better than all the other girls. I think it's yeah. really annoying that like, the judges don't really like put any weight on the runway at all. Like it just Mm. doesn't matter whether or not the runway is stunning and flawless and makes the other girls look like shit. Like if you didn't do well in the maxi challenge, you're it's basically like over for you. That has been true for like a lot of seasons of drag race. I think it's like, I talk about this with Rose on like a virgin, but like, it's just like really frustrating to me, especially since drag race España, which Season two of Drag Race Hispania is incredible. They Ooh. really do weigh the runway, I think, in an mm. effective way. They give all of the weight to the maxi challenge, but they still say, like, your runway was not as good. And so, you know, they, they, they still pull it in. And I don't know. I wish there was more merit in the runway sometimes, especially when someone like Raja is just eat, chewing these other girls up. Yeah. Yeah. I can sort um, of also. I, oh, go, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, just real quick about Jinx. Um, 
I I pretty much gagged when I found out that she's only 34 years old on the <laughs> drag stop. <laughs> they what? mentioned that, and I was like, <laughs> she's really acting like that old, like an aunt. She got auntie vibe, but I'm like, how are you four years younger than I am? I yes. would think she's 48. Yeah. yeah, which is how old Raja is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Raj God. is an old bitch. Wow, I had no but idea that's amazing. such a gag. Yeah. Uh, what about you? No, I didn't know it either. Din? So, okay, I am not a drag race aficionado, as many folks know, but I, much like Drea, I watched the first season, and then I didn't watch it again for years until season 14, which is the season where Simone won. And we had um, a New York queen who I had seen um, several times at a drag brunch in my neighborhood when I lived in Hamilton Heights, um, Rosé. Like, she was on it, so a lot of my friends were really excited about her, and I loved that. A lot of New York queens that year, and I loved that that season. And then um, I've, I'm watching some of this season, but I haven't seen every every episode because I can't figure out my Paramount Plus login, even though I have it. <laughs> you can anyway. use mine, then. Of course, Dan. Of <laughs> course. <you. laughs> I know we have it, but I can't figure it Poor out. Poor girl. Um, but I'll. But it's amazing. But I'm watching it whenever I'm with my friends, like at, at their places, and so I've seen like the last episode. And this is the thing. What's really wild for me is that like like all my friends have loved Drag Race for years. So watching this All Stars, every name that's on it is a name that I don't think I had ever seen perform, but that my friends have been talking about for years. And so I would sort of hear about all this brilliance and hear about like, I don't know, amazing snatch games or lip sync battles from like season eight or season four or season 11, but I never knew what they were talking about. And now I have context and I get to see all those old clips as well. And I have, I do have to admit that Jinx Monsoon is, is an absolutely incredible genius like in my mind is easily one of the best drag queens probably that's ever lived and that has ever existed is also is just so fucking funny everything that she does you can see that her entire point of view is completely unique from everyone else and anytime you see that in a group setting or whether it's competitive or not that's always really exciting for me in any in any sort of field or whatever but the thing that's really wild about about this season I have to say that I'm noticing is that I feel that way about pretty much every single queen that's on the show like like I think there are standouts they're all amazing mm-hmm. I think there are standouts but everyone seems really unique in terms of where they're coming from the point of view with which they're doing drag and the sort of like intellectual and creative heft that they're putting into not just this season, but their overall body of work, which is like what you can talk about with all of these drag queens as well. And that's just sort of like amazing to see um, because I loved Drag Race season 2014. I did watch the U- the next UK season, whatever that was, that aired right after that as well. And But I have to say that I am beginning to understand drag in a different way, and I have so much more respect for it than I even knew I could have, because watching All Stars, it really is like just watching the very best people mm-hmm. um, at their craft. It's like watching a masterclass at work every time. And like every time they walk down the runway, I'm like, oh, that look should win. And then the next look comes out. I'm like, oh, my God, that should win. Mm-hmm. Like, And every time I feel like I'm seeing something that's the best I've ever seen, despite the fact that I've seen I've seen, you know, several seasons of amazing work. What has been some of your favorites, get, getting to the runway, what has been some of your favorite mm-hmm. looks so far this season? I have to say, because I was not, a f- I didn't watch the season where Evie Oddly was on, so I, I'm new to this person, and I'm just, uh, like like Jinx, I'm so taken by Evie's 
weirdness and creativity. And I have to say in the the knitwear challenge, Evie's like ombre we weird thing, I was I was floored by it. I was stunned. And when Evie did that insect thing where she was walking on point down the runway the whole time. Like, that was f- fascinating to me. So I've been really fascinated by a lot of her her fashions. Um, Evie is extremely Teebs vibes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, her season is also, unfortunately, not worth watching. It's definitely one of my least favorites. Her, I would say her aesthetic on the runway is not on par with what she is presenting in the all-winter season. I think she is, like, doing so amazing with a lot of her runway. Um uh, but she is a crafty queen, and and she always kind of does what she does, and I think she does it really well. Um, oh, also, she's like a lip sync assassin, and she, I will say, her lip sync versus Brooklyn Heights in that season I is did. actually one of the best of all time. I have, I didn't even, I, I just, that's the one that I saw on YouTube within oh. the past couple of weeks, and I was like, how dare you be so good? It's so, so good. Um, but and Evie, I would actually I say it's worth I'd say for Evie, and there's a couple other queens on that season. I, I haven't rewatched that season, but it, I've, I've considered going back because I really did enjoy Evie so much. Like, and, wa- and watching her growth, she was a total underdog throughout the season. So it's it's really fun to watch because I don't think people were really expecting her to go to when I was, but I don't know if everybody really was rooting for her. Okay, Silky Nutmeg Ganache is in that season. <laughs> See? But I think that she's better in All Stars. I mean, her yeah. All Stars. She did when she did the oh god her drag was uh, her lip syncs were so good yeah I mean she, she ate I also would, when uh, I feel like one of them didn't want to come back was it Akira one of them didn't want to come it back it was Akira and, she was also in that season and Silky was like I'm gonna do my lip sync anyway and it was the Barbie girl one and it was just like one of the one of my favorite moments in Drag Race history that Barbie girl lip sync. Like, and also just, I honestly didn't love Silky in that season, but when she came back for All Stars, not only did she really eat in the competition, but when she showed up for that lip sync smackdown, like, girl did her homework, and, like, I love the, the kind of, like, the astuteness with which she's always seen drag. She's like, I'm a professional. I take this very seriously. Even if you don't take me seriously, y'all are going to know that I'm serious about it. You know? Mm, mm, mm. Loved I've it. I've been really impressed with um, Shay's looks, even though, you know, she doesn't, hasn't always come through on, I, I, I guess, hasn't always come through on the, um, the what is Maxi it? Maxi challenge? The, yeah, the challenges. But I, but I really, like, her looks have blown me away, especially that, this, well, the one that she won, where she, like, was in, uh, basically embodying her grandmother with the, flowing fabrics and she did something recently with her, her with the neck pieces and then that ball on top of her head and she's just pretty and then that blue gown was really pretty this this one with the cheeks out that was cute as hell i was Almost not all of her runways have been 100 i'm mm. i'm really surprised that she's the only one with one star i know at this point it, I it honestly, was her monet i also thought maybe that she was going to get into the the final four um me too but to be honest i think what i've i've kind of what I, I'm a little afraid to say is that um, when it comes to acting or improv challenges, she's kind of a flop. Like, she mm, really, yeah. that's not her skill set. And, like, you know, not every major queen has to be good at comedy and improv. But even the look queens like Aquaria or Violet, like the winners of their seasons who were primarily runway girls, like, they actually could, you know, show up in an acting challenge and be the star or be really funny. 
And Shay just doesn't really catch her punchlines. That's just not you know how her brilliance that's works. That's weird. It's weird, though, that that doesn't translate because... Uh, well, it doesn't translate because in match games, she kills it. Like, her flavor flavor was hilarious. Like, she does some really funny shit there. Mm-hmm. And even in the last one, she I forget who she chose to be, but it was like... I was, I was surprised that she actually pulled it out. But, mm-hmm. um... But yeah, I guess she does go for the same kind of like sadity kind of character all the time, which is mm. kind of her. So yeah, is is there anybody you think is, dare I say, in this All Star season a little overrated? For me, it actually would be Shay, unfortunately. But I, I say that I, I would never say I would never use the term overrated. I would say that she is at her. I, I would say that she's not performing on the on the on another level. I also felt like Vivian. I, when yeah, I started the season, I, I thought Vivian was kind of like a flop, but she, and I also don't really, sometimes the judges are like, gag, you're so amazing. Oh my God. And I don't really see it, but I, I do don't think either. she's, the Dolly I do Parton think she's challenge, doing okay. Like she did not look no. like Dolly Parton. No, I'm very she did not. confused by that. <laughs> she did Also, how. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. How was the? Did Raja not win the Vanna White challenge? Like what uh, the fuck? The Vanna White and the Dolly. And part. the Dolly. She looked. She mm-hmm. looked killer. Like Ugh. it was. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, she, she actually transformed yeah. again in both of those things, but. Um, yeah, I, I think know, I think I think Viv is a little overrated too. I just like okay the acting She's challenge. Funny. I didn't. I like. I get. She was give. They were all giving, but I didn't. I didn't. I don't know. I, like I thought. Ugh, what what am I trying to say? I guess whatever tea she's serving, I, I don't, it's not my cup of it. You're not picking it up. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait, whatever. Speaking of tea, do y'all know the tea about how critiques are working this season? How? Have y'all? Um, I, so I think I've heard this. I think I've heard this. Okay. That they're not, that the judges are not allowed, I'm assuming this is what you mean, that the judges are not allowed to, like, be mean or really give, like, critical critique. It just has to be positive and compliments. And that uh, my understanding, and Fran, correct me if I'm wrong or, like, not fully understanding, is that the the queens kind of banded together and told told Rue and them, if we are going to come back and do this, it is going to be done in this way or else we're not doing it. I like that. Because it, 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 something about those... Uh, you know, M- Michelle Visage's like offhanded comments sometimes, like it does change the tone of the show. And sometimes I'm just yeah. like, that is not your fucking place to say that. You mm. were in a girl group like, like 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Like, <laughs> it gets the fuck out of here with but, that. You know, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I am of two minds about this. Um, unfortunately, 
I am a Michelle Visage apologist, and I think she is incredible and has earned her keep. I think she has earned her keep in the queer community. She has clocked decades worth of like queer and trans, like, you know, community and art and culture kind of like hearsay to get to the point that she is at now. I do think that sometimes her comments are like racist or anti-black or classist. Um, that in past seasons, I haven't seen that this season, obviously. Um, but I, I, I really do want to hear Michelle's critiques. And I do, I honestly think the judges panel across the board, Michelle, Rue, Ross, and Carson are exquisite judges that are unmatched in any other terrain of reality TV, with the exception of Tyra Banks. You know, like I, I, I really think that they're just golden standard for a judges panel. Um, so I was extremely disappointed, actually, to see that there are no critiques this season. I, I love critiques and I, I, I am a, as a critic and as someone who wants to be a judge on a reality show one day, you know, it's, it's <laughs> something that I really like just wait for. So I don't think that um, I almost think it's like the, the proper respect is not put on the work if it's not critiqued. You know what I mean? And I, I get think it. That, I think that sometimes these girls... Meaning- Sometimes these girls are not serving and the judges just have to say, oh, you were amazing. We really liked this, this and this. It's like, I like the wholesome vibe and I love that the queens knew their worth and demanded it. But, you know. See, I'm I'm of both minds. I'm of both minds as a viewer and especially as a viewer who's still working my way into the drag race, the phenomenon that is drag race. I have found myself really enjoying the fact that there's no critiques this season. I have found um, the sort of positive uplift, positive uplifting tone to bring the lightness that I need from something if I'm going to continue to watch it week after week after week. And we all know that I stop watching things all the time. Um, so as a viewer, honestly, I like that. However, also as a viewer, and I haven't watched every episode, but even I have watched things where I'm like, this is a competition. This person did better than this person, in my opinion. This person, it kind of flopped, in my opinion. And sometimes I'm curious, as a viewer, what the judges really think of that. And if they're able to be fully honest when they can't be honest and say, you did not serve this time. This did not work. This idea was maybe too conceptual. This was, you know, you didn't look like Dolly. And I don't know why you thought you did, but you didn't. Go back and try again. Like, I just... <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I was... Something Sometimes, I, yeah, the honesty. I will say, and this is like, uh, this is something that I think Drea and Teebs will like, you know, you'll have an opinion about. Um, All-Star season two, which is the greatest season of Drag Race and the history of Drag Race, um, has a moment where Adore Delano, one of Teebs' favorite queens, quits the show... <laughs> because Michelle's critiques are too harsh. And I think about that moment a lot and how, when I first watched it as a viewer, I didn't have that much empathy for Adore and I was just really wanted to see her compete. But in, in hindsight, I, I saw, I see so, this on, like, on second watch and third watch, it's like you see her pain and you see um, the context for those that don't know is like Adore and Michelle toured together and are friends. And so to all of a sudden get the TV version of Michelle, I think was very jarring for her. And she was just like, I can't do this. Um, so I thought about that moment when I thought about, when I heard about this All-Stars, you know, critique tea, because I was like, well, if it can at least prevent something like that from happening, I at least am happy that, you know, these queens cannot 
get hurt in the same way. Um, yeah, because it's supposed to be, there's supposed to be a, a sense of support. And, yeah. and when you walk into that environment, when you don't feel safe, then you're not doing your job. Yeah. So it's, I appreciate critiques for sure, but it's just like, make sure that those critiques are constructive and they're not coming from uh, just a hurtful, hateful place. You're trying to get ratings. Want to get a soundbite. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, and she did that a lot, you know, but I've never heard that from Carson. I've never heard that from Ross. Their, Their critiques have always come from a very genuine place. Um, as, and Rue can say whatever Rue motherfucking wants to say, you mm-hmm. know, because Rue made this empire. Um, but Michelle, she, she needs to understand her place in all this and, and to tread lightly. But I do respect her credentials. I do know she, there's, Rue wouldn't fuck with her if he didn't fuck with her, you know? So there's, there, there has to be a reason she's still there after all this time. But, you know, in, in this climate, whatever, she just needs to, you know, just watch how she says things. Well, but I know. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, as you as you all were talking about Michelle Visage, I was going to say she was dead to me after All Stars 2 when she made a door cry. Like, that's that's really it. Because here's the thing. When you at that level, like that's just Adore's thing. Like Adore's not going to be a corset queen. Adore's not, you know, Adore's a little bit messy. That's what I fucking love about that bitch. Like, she, like her first, like when she first came in on the the workroom, she said, "Hi, my name's Adora, and I'm a messy slut." Loved it, endeared from the first moment, and it's like that's just that's just her drag. And I think in that moment, she was like, "Oh, we're not at, what we're doing is this is reality television. This isn't a drag show, I guess." But I, I have to. I have a question. So one of the, uh, in my mind, one of the most pleasant twists in this season is that nobody goes home. And from that perspective, when you think about all of the money and all of the work that have to go into all of the looks that all of these queens do in all of these seasons, the ones who get booted first, second, third, fourth, fifth, they have also spent so much money and so had so much work to create looks for the show that nobody ever gets to see. And one of the things I love most about this twist is that you get to see all of their looks. How do y'all feel about this twist? Well, I think it would be super disrespectful to send these all-stars home, you know, like, because, again, th- this is a different caliber of talent. And they're the reason people came back to this show is because they set the bar. So they they haven't had any reasons to go home. I mean, so even if the, this wasn't a twist, like, none of them have deserved to go home at in any week, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I... Yeah. So, I mean... I mean, these girls spend tens of thousands of dollars. Like, some of these girls spend, like, the prize money on these looks, which is kind of insane. Like, but I, I, these girls really invest in a presentation that they want to show to the world. And when girls get sent home early, part of the devastation that we don't see on camera is the internal realization that you've spent so much effort and money to just have it all never be seen on TV. Um, so I, I like that they don't get sent home. I think it's a great twist. I just wish that the show was a little more gamified. The platinum plunger is fine, but like I need more twists. The gold plunger. The, the, well, <laughs> yeah, right. It's gold. Um, it needs. It need, I, I need more more points or more games or more twists or I need demarcations or you know like I just need more. And I, I, I think the game moves too slow. That's my that's my my one 
you know, but that's a very esoteric take, like just yeah. Because for takes. me, the games are what always um, get too convoluted for mm. me. Like I just want to see some really good fashion and makeup. Mm. I want to I want to laugh my ass off, you know. And I that's I just want to see them do their their what they do. But um, sometimes they they'll do too much with these games. Like they, I for, I forget which season it was, but they had like five different games going on, and I was like, I don't even think y'all understand what's going on this in this season yourselves um I, can i say what my favorite game was yes mm-hmm. my favorite game i was i was it last season the season before when they when they made each contestant butt fuck a, a pit crew member to to pop a, a balloon oh do you remember my that god <laughs> dying those are fun <laughs> and then they made maddie morphosis do it Girl, so <laughs> remember her. And what's her name? Could not pop the balloon. You were so like, you are such a bottom. Fucking funny. <laughs> so fucking funny. I, I mean, honestly, part of the reason that Rue is gonna live forever is because she never stops laughing. You know, <laughs> like she she her laughter is so generous, and, and and that balloon game alone put five years on her life. That the way she walked into the workroom this last episode with that silk, that sparkly situation, and she was just giving out all the the, all the tea, letting them all know what they could do to improve on themselves. So I'm like, in that in in itself is like some of these queens don't really need all the critiques, but they but she when when Rue is talking to you, they're like, oh, I'm listening, and Monet took that that critique and took it all the way to the fucking bank, Mm -hmm. and and Trinity made that outfit. Yep. Which, again, smarter Trinity, because ain't nobody going to give you that plunger because you make the outfits. So mm-hmm. uh, I think I, this was probably a, one of my top five lip syncs was the <sighs> Lights Go Out in Georgia from Designing Women was incredible. amazing. I can't, I can't believe this is the first spoken word. That yes. actually shocked How me. How is this the first time? That that's ever ha- like that was such a brilliant like why like why have we why have we never done that before what other monologues would y'all want to see on the show um, I, something ooh. from oh sorry I mean something from Too Wong Fu would be hilarious ooh, yeah. like mm. <laughs> I would be very much into that um, I would I love- kind of want to do like a Hannibal Lecter from from Silence of the Lambs <laughs> I would love a I mean maybe too obvious Miranda Miranda Priestly being like oh. You think this isn't about you. Like her, like, <laughs> it's not blue, it's not chartreuse, it's cerulean. You know what I mean? Um, and then Something there's from also. Um, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's another good monologue. And, um, what is it? Oh, Aaron Brockovich. Mm-hmm. Girl. Mm hmm. Aaron Brockovich would be really good too. Have you seen Monet and Bob's um, their their promo for their tour, where they actually do do a scene from Sister Act two? No, I love Monet and Bob. I, yeah, I, I haven't. I know you're talking about, but I I haven't seen it. But um, but no, I anything from Sister Act two, like the the speech between um, what's her name from Abbott Elementary. Um, Oh, Cheryl, yeah, yeah, no, Cheryl, Cheryl Lee Ralph. The singing um, does not, do food on the table. That's the mm. thing that Bob and Monet do, but they do b- b- for podcasting. So like, podcasting <laughs> is no guarantee for a future. Podcasting is no guarantee for life, even if you do have followers. And it's like, it's, and then, then Monet's like, but we have a tour. And then Bob's like, oh, bitch, we got a tour? Well, let's go then. <laughs> it's so, it's so good. It's so good. Um, 
this would be more this would apparently this movie's on my mind right now but this would be more of a group scene rather than a monologue but there are definitely some Sally Field moments from Steel Magnolias that I would love to Ooh. see someone do <laughs> Sally Field or um Yes. The the one that hit Shirley MacLaine, the one that slapped Shirley MacLaine. I can't remember oh, yeah. her name. Yes, <laughs> yes. Olympia oh, Dukakis. Olympia Dukakis. Yeah. Dukakis. Was, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. That would be great. Not to mention, drink your juice, Shelby. That moment, come on now. <laughs> come on now. Don't my drag queens. Come on. Or maybe Whoopi Goldberg at the bank in Ghosts when she wants it in 10s and 20s. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Wow. Or Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yeah. Jumpin' Jack Jumpin Flash. Jack. Yes. I fucking love that movie. That was the first movie about online so dating. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. <laughs> okay, to close us out, I would like to know who are your top three this season and who do you think is going to take it? Uh, Jinx. And then I'll say Raja. And um, then... Maybe Jada, and and then I think I think Jinx is gonna take it. Yeah, I mean, I you you go, Jen. No, you go. No, you first. Okay, I I my top three are probably right now drink. Sorry, Jinx, Trinity, and a tie between maybe Raja and Jada. Um, I think logically, I think Jinx is probably going to take it. But I could see a dark horse moment with Raja and maybe even Jada. I could see it. Mm-hmm. I could I can imagine a world where that that could happen. Mm-hmm. The the thing is, this competition ends in a lip sync smackdown, doesn't yep. it? Yeah. That's the other thing. And so, Jinx isn't the best of yeah. those. I, I would yeah, say Jada that's what everyone says. has the, the, the biggest upper hand in that. Yeah. However, Jinx yep. in terms of judge favoritism, like you know, like it, feel, it feels like a, a kind of complete shoe in for her to be the winner. I only have a top two, and that is Raja and Jinx. I know they're not going to give it to Raja because, you know, the judges, I think, kind of hate Raja because allegedly Raja is the one that like led the charge on getting them to not provide negative critiques. Like she was the one that was just like, we don't need you, you need us, you know? Oof. Uh, like, and I think that's part of why she's been a little snubbed this season, to be honest. I yeah. mean, for those um, first seven episodes, she didn't get shit and she was killing it. Nothing. That's nothing. exactly what happened. And apparently, See, shady, shady. The, apparently the, the, the kind of, um, the drama happened after they taped the third episode. So... Apparently, the first three episodes had negative critiques in them, and then there was a like a app, like we're done with this. Mm. Mm. Um, love the tea, love the tea. Yeah, what about you, Teebs? I love Monet Exchange. She's Monet so is my absolute favorite. I don't think Monet's going to win, but Monet is my favorite. And to watch Monet win that last with the dance and with the monologue, I was just I I love watching her shine. That's my favorite. But she's already th- a winner. Yeah, I, I like Monet and Trinity to get are to get like are are almost like a, a package for me. So I like Monet Trinity. I love Jinx. Jinx was my favorite on that season. I've always thought. I mean, and they were so mean to her too, especially that 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 bus stop bitch. <laughs> <laughs> But but I do think I do think Jinx is is I think if it was purely based on the challenges and the fashion and all that, I think it would be Jinx. If they get somebody like Evie or Monet in that 
in the finals, I think they're just the better ones at lip syncing. Yeah, they're really good. All right. Yeah. Well, That's true. bodies, let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, I, let's let's watch the shit together. <laughs> I'm feeling full, but like I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dead knows how I feel. And to put the cherry on our top this week, Fran, what do we got? Uh, this week we have the most delicious and delectable Miss Marvel, now streamable on Disney+. Plus. Um, an amazing new show from the Marvel Cinematic Universe about Kamala, um, Ka- Kamala Khan, who basically discovers that she wields powers through an ancestral bangle and belongs to a kind of echelon of superheroes in Pakistani lore called the Jinn. Um, it is so delightful. It's so good. And it's- our friend of the pod, Fatih Oscar, is was a writer and um, uh, heavily involved in the show. And I think wrote, she's a co-producer, yeah. A co-producer. I was like, I didn't know the title. Thank you. Um, and she also um, wrote what I think is the best episode of the season so far slash one of my favorite episodes of TV I've seen in quite some time. But Dre hasn't seen it yet, so don't spoil it or she will right. stab you. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what do you think about it, Teeps? It's just so amazing. I loved it. I mean, uh, I think it's uh, visually really interesting. I think they have ways of stylizing like text messages and stuff like that that are that are that add to the texture of the scenes in a way that I really appreciate. I think um, the act, the actress who's playing Kamala Khan is knocks it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And I've watched her on interviews and she's just so utterly charming. Like she yeah. is that character. Like she, yeah. and she, as she was a fan of Marvel, she was a fan of Kamala Khan. She was a fan of Miss Marvel. I was like, this is, this was tailor-made for you. And in fact, the show was so lucky that you exist. The show mm-hmm. was so lucky to find this girl. Literally. Uh, and I think that, uh, I mean, my only criticism of this show is that, like, I haven't, I actually, I don't actually know who the big bad is going to be, but I haven't found the clandestines to, as villains to be the most interesting. Oh, yeah, that is true. I didn't even think about that. Because, like, I don't even know who they are. Do they have powers? Do they just have weird weapons? And it like, feels like the most, yeah, oh, I was just about to say a spoiler, but um, I, I feel like, yeah, I, I agree with you, Teebs. But I, but I'm in, but I am so again. This is such a good natured show, and I like the fact that I mean, until very recently, it just seemed like the stakes were very. They were so much smaller than Thanos is going to wipe out half of the existence of the mm-hmm. universe, and it and in that way, it became more of I think a character study. We got to know more about the character herself, and and as she's like kind of discovering her powers, but also that thing about you know puberty and the discovery of like these. My body's changing and I've had weird things happening going on, which is like kind of the premise of like mutant kind in in Marvel Comics anyway, because they they get their powers at adolescence. And so I think it's like also not just a superhero, but like also a meta commentary on like the physical ramifications of coming of age. Yeah, I I, um, prefer Marvel entities that are on the smaller scale. I feel like they're about someone's personal emotional journey um, dealing with relationships and school and, you know, crushes and whatever it is. Um, I, 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 I never really am going to resonate with a 
the universe is going to explode and the only way we can save it is by destroying three major cities in like a in like a battle to the death you know um i don't know if you watched the most recent doctor strange movie i did yeah okay so there is america chavez who by the way what a terrible name for a character i'm sorry as a boricua i feel like i can say that but like i <laughs> I, I um i was not i did not love her as an actress. And I feel like her and Kamala, um, sorry, I've, yeah, I feel like her and Kamala um, are, give a similar kind of hero energy. It's like, I'm a hero, but I'm still just a kid and I'm figuring it out. And I don't really know how to use my powers yet. Kind of like vibe. And Kamala is giving something that I think is much more human. It's reductive to compare them, but I think that it it, it was, I think that um, it's worth noting that I believe the rumors are that, the Marvel is trying to set up a young Avengers series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm, I'll be, I, I'm excited to see America Chavez's character grow because she didn't really get much of a moment in that movie. No. Um, but yeah, I just, I love. What do you think, Dre? I, I, I just like seeing brown people on TV. Like, <laughs> that's always nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Muslim brown people at that, you know, I'm, I'm not Miss Religion over here, but... There's something pretty awesome about that. Like, I fucks with that yeah. a lot. You know, like, they're and, not... And, go ahead. Oh, no, go. No, 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 go, go. Sorry. Oh, nothing. I was just, you know, just along the lines of, um, yeah, everything is... It, it usually puts a bad taste in my mouth, you know, something along the lines of, if, if it has to, if it is re- religion, religious-based, um, but I I feel like I'm being educated, and, and I'm learning a lot, and... And I, I and it's it's more so like what it's doing for society as well. Like oh, yeah. learning and learning how to um just to not not even normalize it, but this is part of our world. These are these people yeah, they're they're just as much part of our world as you know, as we are. So like, Also I think it's doing something that Watchmen did for the Tulsa massacre in the twenties, mm. which is like telling us about partition, which I don't know how many people, I don't know how many people would know about that or who would be willing to entertain that um, education if it wasn't wrapped in genre, you know, if it Mm -hmm. wasn't wrapped in like superheroics, which I think is just like a brilliant way of, of making a point. Yeah. Again, we have like really big misconceptions of, uh, based on how the media portrays things or, you know, or we go down the wrong path of trying to learn about something without learning about it from the source. Mm-hmm. And and this so this is yeah, it's like a super big breath of fresh air. And I'm hoping for is there supposed to be a season two or a follow up movie or something? I think there she's gonna be in the Marvels with Carol Danvers and um Monica Rambeau. Okay. And I hope yeah. all the thotties out there go and watch it because like this is like a moment where it's like support with streams and the show is just genuinely amazing and yeah yeah and with the partition of it all it's like never in a million years would i think that marvel would be doing something about partition like something that is and i've already said this like on like a virgin but like something that is so has such a a a cultural and historical resonance that is like painful but also rooted in so much of like what this story is about like but also just as you're saying to not be unreasonably didactic but still teach you like i think the tulsa the tulsa um watchman comparison is so spot on teebs and and i think that i'm just grateful that and also it's just like insane actually that this thing was even made like i'm i'm actually 
stunned that the writers and the people involved were able to say, this is important enough for us to make sure that it's in the story and to, on top of that, say, not just that we're, it's going to, but it's going to be a good story too. Yeah. And I think one of my litmus tests for a Marvel production is how much does it piss off the toxic white fanboys? Exactly. Yeah. Because they are mad. They are mad. They are mad. I'm pretty sure it's false reporting because it's the best reviewed Marvel show, but they're saying it's the least viewed. And I'm like, that doesn't, these two things don't compute. Like, I'm pretty sure people are watching this shit. And it also and, just gets review bombed by by mm-hmm. white dudes who have nothing better to do with their time That's, than just, yeah, like, yeah. make new accounts to give it one stars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have we convinced yeah. you to tune in, D? Um, you have. I'm always down for brown people who are heroes and, and portrayed in that way. Like, whenever that happens, I'm I'm excited. Catch it. Catch it! <laughs> <laughs> Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our home at Stitcher. Our producer is the verdant verse bottom vermicelli, Alexandra De Palma. Subscribe, rate, and review us five stars on iTunes, or we rip the heels off of all of Den's shoes. I, yeah, I am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H E Y T E B S, on Instagram. I'm Fran. You can find me at Fran Squishco anywhere on social media and listen to my other podcast, Like a Virgin, with Rose on you. I'm Drea Washington. You can find me at Hey Girl Hey. That's H-E-Y-G-R-L-H-E-Y on the gram. And you can listen to my podcast, Scream Queen Podcast, um, on basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. Woo! And I'm Den Michelle Norris, and you can find me on Twitter at the Den Michelle. Um, and also on Instagram and follow my, my editorial pursuits at electricliterature.com. Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dick pics to, to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com. As always, that's food, the number four, and thought spelled how? T-H-O-T-H-O-T. So hard to do this on Zoom. Sweet. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.